2010, when I was deployed to Iraq, I had to lie about who I was because I'm a gay soldier and I didn't want to lose my job. My question is, under one of your presidencies, do you intend to circumvent the progress that's been made for gay and lesbian soldiers in the military? Yeah, I, I, I would say any type of sexual activity has absolutely no place in the military, and the fact that they're making a point to include it as a provision within the military that we are going to recognize a group of people uh, and give them a special privilege uh, to, uh, to, to uh, in donor, and removing donors to hotel, I think tries to inject social policy into the military, and the military's job is to do one thing, and that is to defend our country. We need to give the military, which is all volunteer, the ability to do so in a way that is most efficient in protecting our men and women in uniform, and I believe this undermines that ability. You just heard it, the bloodlust moment from last night's third GOP debate. Yep, Rick Santorum shows his real colors. If he's got a trigger point, it has to do with homosexuality, which he compared to bestiality, beast upon beast. And that, that crowd booing a soldier actively in duty in Iraq is uncomfortable conscionable. It really shows the level of the people who are sitting in those audiences, the, the Tea Partyists and the ideologues and the homophobes. Oh, I tell you, as part of the uh, Twitter world, uh, Richard David Jordan said, and there we have your Republican Party booing an active duty soldier serving in Iraq who happens to be gay. Country is falling apart. And later Santorum said, keep it to yourself whether you are heterosexual or homosexual. He's just completely bullshitting us. I mean, being heterosexual has never been a problem in the army. But now, well, homosexuals should just keep quiet and grit their teeth and just get by. This man is unconscionable. It was a pretty dull debate. It did presage the collapse of Rick Perry, at least Rick Perry as a debater. Boy, did that man run out of energy. In the second hour of that debate, he just deflated. You could see him growing grayer and swaying a little bit and becoming almost sleepy. He was so unable to keep up. Mitt Romney looked like the pro that he is. He's been, you know, running for president for five years. He knows how to take it. But Perry is just an easy come front runner. The man's in real trouble. That doesn't mean he won't get nominated. Because remember, the people that are voting in those primaries are registered Republicans, and Republicans today are, far wide, the Tea Party, and the Tea Party loves Rick, and the majority of them say they'll vote for somebody who agrees with them rather than someone who is more electable. Well, I had a lot of fun last night. Uh, I started Oz 2012. Hashmark Oz 2012, I twitted the entire two hours. The idea came to me as when I was talking with Phil Fountain in the midst of the day, so I put out the word. I don't know how many people joined in, but they seemed to be growing and gave me an opportunity to comment on the debate all the way through, send my messages out to... Um, the Oz Network and this new stream, Oz 2012, I got involved with a stream called uh, GOP Debate and Debate Watch, and people that, you know, I'd never met before were tweeting with me, and it, it was really exciting. And I decided I'm going to tweet all the rest of the debates and all the other political big hoo-hahs, and I am going to set up a regular Oz tweet, start ourselves a real nice town meeting. 
so we can all get together. By the way, still talking about the debate, Michelle Bachman. I love the fact that Michelle Bachman said uh, on the tax issue, you shouldn't pay any taxes at all. You earned the money. You should keep it all. Oh, yoy, yoy, yoy. Michelle, Michelle, and the rest of you garden gnomes, don't you get it? Everything you know is wrong. The GOP, the party of treason rather than reason, may bring us to another government shutdown. Just what we need when the world market is crumbling. Confidence is at an all-time low. Manufacturing is lower than 2007. We're making less money than 2010. I mean, come on. Excuse me. Less money than 2000. It's been a dismal decade. And so Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid will have to choose quickly between caving to the House Republicans are fighting back. And I say, give them hell, Harry. At stake are relief funds for victims of natural disasters across the country and potentially a government shutdown. Here's what happened. House Republicans passed divisive legislation that would avoid a shutdown at the end of September, but it includes a provision that erects a new controversial standard. Emergency disaster relief funds must be offset by cutting federal programs. Now, they asked uh, Eric Cantor if this was so a while ago. He said, oh, no, no. And here he goes and leads the charge for it. He's a liar. Democrats are prepared to cut a deal on the amount of disaster aid, you know, that goes to FEMA, but they're dead set against the concept of offsetting and the particular offset the GOP chose, a hybrid vehicle manufacturing incentive that's proven to create jobs. So they don't want to create jobs and they don't want to make greener cars. These people are troglodytes. These people are not of the future. They are disappearing before our very eyes. With their bill passed and their chamber set to adjourn for a week long recess, House Republicans say my way or the highway. Well, actually trying to restrict hybrids, it's kind of my way and no highway. Quote, the plan is for us to finish up work tomorrow, a tired House Majority Leader Eric Cantor told reporters today. He is in many ways the architect behind the offsetting principle. I guess Harry Reid will have to bear the burden of denying disaster relief victims their money. What a mean hypocrite. What a mean little man. Oh, Eric, you disgust me. Been up all night slamming and spamming? Yes, I have. Been chugging back shiny cans of Hacker Smack like there's no tomorrow? Which there isn't. And hey, dude, I got the munches for crunches. You're smacked. Time to get snacked. Introducing Sugar Snacks, the sugar-coated sugar coats. So sweet, so sour, so salty that even your trash tongue will catch the taste. Try one. Mmm. They're crackling. That's because they're dipped in crack. Hacker Snacks, the other side of the roller coaster ride. Available in a handy two-pack for those of you already seeing double. Hacker Snacks are a deniable byproduct of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. Do not consume this product while operating heavy machinery while giving birth on the interstate. Just talking about the fact that world markets are shaky, both due to the dismal economic outlook of the great machine, the United States economy, but also because Greece, amongst other fragile European economies, is on the edge of default. And in the recent past, Germany, the strongest of the euro economies, has been pitching in the most bailout funds. But here's an interesting take on what's going on and may become key to this issue. In this debate, 
about the possible bankruptcy of the Greek state, one largely dormant argument has resurfaced with increasing frequency. It's the widespread damage inflicted by the Nazi regime during World War II means that Germany still owes Greece major wartime reparations. Greece was devastated when the Wehrmacht walked in. In fact, only Poland and Yugoslavia were more raped than Greece. So what's at stake, okay? German soldiers set up a brutal occupation regime in Greece. As was usually the case in European nations invaded by the Germans, the high cost of the occupation was borne by the occupied country and the Greek economy was plundered through forced exports. And this resulted in galloping inflation, one of the problems that still face today, and a radically lower standard of living for Greece. Additionally, the Third Reich forced the Greek National Bank to lend Hitler's Germany 476 million Reichsmarks interest-free. If they could collect that forced bank <laughs> loan plus reasonable interest, Germany would owe Greece $95 billion right now. Take out the money that they, Germany, have basically put in for the Greek bailout in the recent past, and there's still ultra-billions that they could pump to the Greek economy in reparations that would help save the euro, and it wouldn't cripple Germany. And it also brings up the issue, well, if the Greeks can get some money back from being devastated during World War II, what about the other euro members that were invaded uh, by the Germans? Let's see, there's Norway, and there's Denmark, and there's France, and there's Holland, and there's Belgium. All of these countries did receive some reparations after World War II, and there's no doubt about the fact that Greece was one of the two major recipients of the Truman Doctrine and the Marshall Plan. But the fact remains that what the Nazis did to Europe in the World War II is considerably more devastating on all levels than all the ground that was dug up and the churches that were blown up during World War I. But Germany got away real easily after World War II because we wanted to build them up real quick as a bulwark against communism and we didn't want to have another um, you know, Weimar Republic experience where they went bankrupt and another Hitler came to power. But the fact is there are parts of Europe, you could say, that are still reeling from World War II, and Greece may be one of them. So this may be an interesting new device for bringing stability to Europe, and perhaps Germany economically and morally, we hope, has the resources to pay. On the other hand, it just may be another case of everything you know is wrong.